All right, everybody. Good evening, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. And uh, as always, Wiz, you know, you're one week into the season and uh, you're faced with uh, some decisions to make. Uh, some of them brought on by injuries and some of them uh, brought on by uh, maybe questionable decisions made at your fantasy football draft uh, over the last couple of weeks. Wiz, how are you? Yeah, doing well. Uh, you know, some leagues, you know, start the waiver wire actually tonight on Tuesday. Some of them run it every day, some of them a few days a week. So we figured just um, talk a little about some of the free agents that are probably available and uh, and what it's going to look like in the upcoming weeks for some of these players. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we could start with uh, the situation in, in Dallas where, you know, there's probably a number of fantasy owners that were counting on Dak Prescott to kind of be the guy. And, uh, you know, obviously he's going to be out for probably at least six weeks. Six to eight weeks is, is, is the prognosis at this point after his surgery, uh, despite Jerry Jones's optimism. Uh, so what is an owner to do is if you're in that situation, you know, there are some leagues where there's depth of quarterback, so there's going to be people available. And there are others that uh, you, you may be scraping the bottom of the barrel a little bit more. Yeah, I think in leagues where, you know, you talk about that depth where, you know, it's not a super flex league or it's not mandated. You have to have two quarterbacks. And, and one, I think my old buddy, uh, Carson Wentz, has got to be someone to be, you know, thought about to be picked up if you own um, Dak Prescott. I just feel like there's some good players on that offense and, uh they played well against Jacksonville, and, um, you know, it's not like they have playing, you know, such, uh, you know, teams that are going to shut them down. Uh, so I, I think in, 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 for the short term, at least, um, if you have to, if Dak was your number one quarterback and you're not comfortable with your number two, you don't have a number two, um, I think probably Carson Wentz is okay to go in and pick up for the short term. Yeah, and I, and I and another guy that uh, and, and Wentz is rostered in actually about thirty five percent of leagues. Uh, we we both talked about Jameis Winston before this season. We thought he could have a a better season, and uh, he's only rostered in, if you're looking at ESPN or Yahoo leagues, like something like forty three to forty five percent. That's another guy, and and one guy who's owned on on the very very low side. Uh, but you look at the rushing numbers from week one against a formidable defense like the Saints. And Marcus Mariota looked pretty good in that ball game, was he did? And uh, <laughs> we didn't talk about Cordero Patterson um, in the podcast uh, that we just did, um, you know, week one. But I tell you, um, this is the, in over a year and a half. Cordero Patterson's the first running back to gain 100 yards against the Saints. That was pretty impressive what he did there. But yeah, you know, Mariota looks good. And he always brings that running game with him. And uh, although he made such a crucial mistake where they really could have had that game wrapped up and he fumbled the ball, you know, instead of just taking a knee and going down like inside the five yard line. But uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. He's someone that you have to look at for the short term if you're really hurting your quarterback. So running back was uh, an injury uh, to Elijah Mitchell, which is going to knock him out for two months. Uh, there will be benefits, obviously, to Curtis. Uh, sorry, uh, to uh, Debo Samuel on, under that. Uh, but there will be some decisions. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. is probably available in in in, in leagues where there are not deeper rosters. Uh, there are a couple of rookies behind him in in, in Mason uh, being one of them. Um, you know, how that kind of play and, and uh, Tyrion Davis price. So those are the two guys, how this all shakes out. We'll, we'll learn a little bit more uh, after next week. Uh, I know the, the Niners also brought a bunch of running backs in. 
Uh, yeah, they stay, uh, did sign Maul and Mack to their practice wide. Okay, all right, there you go. So Maul and Mack's been signed. Uh, Khalil Herbert, uh, we talked about him. He's not owned in a lot of leagues. I think that's a player that should not be on waiver wires at this point in time. And the other guy that we talked about that in the previous podcast as well, Rex Burkhead. Yeah, I mean, Khalil, out of all of those guys, like I, I get, I get that Jeff Wilson is the next man up, but to me, like if you could use a small percentage of your waiver my waiver wire money if you have Mitchell and try and get Wilson. Um, I'm all for that. But like to spend thirty to fifty percent of your move money on Jeff Wilson, I just think is a waste of time. I just don't think he's gonna get the carries. You know, in a normal situation, you know, maybe, but they're gonna use Debo Samuel at least six to ten times a game running the ball. They're gonna sprinkle other guys in there, a couple of those young guys are going to get sprinkled in there. So I just don't see a situation where Wilson is going to get more than maybe eight to ten carries a game. Um, I really don't see that. So, again, if you have Mitchell, you know, I know your tendency is to try and get the next guy up, but I'd be more interested in like a player like Khalil Herbert who – can get in there and do something. And he is a very, very good player. And uh, I think he's going to supplant um, David Montgomery before the season's out. So I like Khalil Herbert out of all of those guys you mentioned. I think Burkhead's going to be kind of maddening because you pick up Burkhead and they decide to give Pierce the brunt of the carries. Then the next game, the Texans are getting destroyed and then you're going to see a lot of Burkhead. So it's just, it's going to be difficult to predict. If you have a spot and you can be patient, um, I like Khalil Herbert above all of those guys. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, as you see injuries happen and maybe you haven't insured yourself, uh, you know, in some of your leagues, I think uh, Najee Harris looks like he's going to play this week, but it's a, it looks like a nagging soft tissue issue with, uh, that was with him in the preseason. I think this is your opportunity to try to make sure you have a little bit of that backup with Jalen Warren being the guy that's going to be that, the case there. Uh, I think Isaiah Pacheco, uh, I know he scored a touchdown that game. All of that was in garbage time, but nonetheless, if something were to happen um, with uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think Pacheco would be the next man up. And, you know, looking at other situations where next man next man up and, and last year when he got his opportunity, I know Jamal Williams is there. Um, DeAndre Swift looked great in that game too. But but a kid like Craig Reynolds, if he's if it's a deeper league, I think that's a player that I'd kind of keep my eye on. He didn't play in this particular game. I'm just kind of talking about insurance for the future. You, you want to keep some of these situations uh, in mind as a, as a fantasy owner. Yeah, I think Warren is a must-own if you have – um, Najee Harris, and I think Hilliard is a must-own at this point if you have um, Derrick Henry based on, you know, he really looked lively um, as well. So, yeah, I mean, I think all of those things you have to um, you have to keep in, you know, consideration uh, which guy, you know, is going to be split. If, if the lead guy gets hurt in certain situations, it'll be difficult, like I think is what we just talked about with the 49ers. But in some of those cases, uh, it's clear that uh, Warren for the Steelers and Hilliard would be clearly the guy who would get the uh, lion's share of the carries if something would happen to the top guy. 
Yeah, and then and then going a wide receiver, uh, and not just based on injury, right? I'm, I'm also talking about performances, but but I will mention an injury. Uh, Keenan Allen uh, going down, not going to play Thursday night. Uh, too quick a turnaround. Uh, Josh Palmer is a player that you and I have both talked about. You know, he's a must add. There may be some tempted temp, temptation to uh, pick up DeAndre Carter, uh, who who did have a couple of big plays with the Washington Football Team uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, had another one this past Sunday. Uh, I, I prefer. Josh Palmer, without a doubt, if I'm picking up players. Uh, Jahan Dotson uh, looks like he's going to be an integral part of that offense. I guess one other player, the player that we liked a couple of years ago, but that couldn't get healthy, but uh, looked like he had fresh legs under him. And that was Curtis Samuel. I, I think that's a player that's going to be look to be picked up by a number a number of folks across the board. Donovan Peoples-Jones was 11 targets in that game. Not a highly rostered player, but uh, a big effort from him. I'd be a little bit careful personally for a guy like Robbie Anderson, you know, off of one big play. Um, and then the last guy I'd mentioned, you and I both kind of opted to to go for, while Rondale Moore is out, to go for uh, A.J. Green. That looks to have been a mistake, uh, given that he looks like he's running in mud out there. Uh, but Greg Dortch is the guy that was the biggest beneficiary of Rondale Moore's uh, absence this past week. You know, when I watched Greg Dortch play, what comes to mind is I would feel very, very good about owning Rondell Moore because he's running the routes that Rondell Moore is going to run, and Rondell Moore is a better football player than Greg Dorch. But uh, short term, I mean, if you own Rondell Moore and, you know, this is the clear guy to get um, because he's playing that position, he's running the routes that Rondell Moore um, is going to be running. So I feel good about Rondell Moore actually being utilized in that offense. But, yeah, short term, uh, I'm not sure how much longer he's going to be out. But Josh Palmer is the one one guy that has sustainable value for the year because um, he's a good player on an elite offense. He's the number three guy. You have to figure at some point that he's going to get an opportunity to be in two set offenses, and that's going to be the case on Thursday night. And, uh, yeah, I think I think that uh, he made some big plays down the stretch for the Chargers last year when they were battling for a playoff spot. I think Herbert's got confidence in him. So in terms of which guy can really sustain it, um, out of all the guys you mentioned, Josh Palmer, I just want to mention one other player. I think Noah Brown looked like the best receiver for the Cowboys, and he probably in the last year has done – a lot of work with Cooper Rush, and it looked like that when Cooper Rush came in the game. And uh, this is a guy, for as many weeks as um, Gallup's going to be out, I really like Noah Brown. I like the way he looked, and I think that rapport with the work that he's probably played and done with Cooper Rush over the last year, uh, both of them being on the team, uh, I think is going to be beneficiary if you want Noah Brown or maybe you want to pick that player up. Yeah. I think a very, very fair point. Uh, I'll move to tight end, Wiz. Um, so Taysom Hill had that monster run in the game. Uh, touchdown, running over people again. He's listed as a tight end. So I'm curious to know your opinions there. I thought Hayden Hurst, especially now with uh, T. Higgins being hurt, uh, is, is a tempting player. We both talked about Robert Tanyan, and I think the fact that there's not that good uh, chemistry with the receivers yet I think Tanyan, as the season goes on, will become more of a uh, target that uh, Mr. Rogers can count on. So I think that's a situation to watch out for. 
Uh, and the last one was, and, and this one is a curious one. Maybe it's a one-week phenomenon, but I'm watching it closely because, you know what? After watching that Indianapolis Colt game uh, against the Texans, parts of it at least, Alec Pierce did not look ready for the NFL in that particular game. The, the kid Doolin at receiver looked to be the second best wide receiver. I don't know where Paris Campbell was in the game, but at tight end, Kylan Granson was the guy that was being thrown to seven targets in the game. Molly Cox was invisible from a, from a pass catching perspective in this ball game. Yeah, they like racing. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I think they were high on him. Yeah, some interesting. I think there's there's people who think that they look at the tight end situation, they see Taysom Hill, and they think, oh my goodness, let me pick up Taysom Hill, and I could get dual eligibility, right? I'll, if something happens to Winston, I'll have him a tight end, and he's going to get quarterback stats. But that's not going to be the case. If something will happen to Winston, he may be sprinkled in a little bit more, but they have Andy Dalton there. And I think they've seen enough of Taysom Hill as a full-time quarterback. Uh, that's the reason that they have Andy Dalton. Uh, so, I mean, if you're really desperate. But I, I like Hayden Hurst. Um just in that offense, I know I mentioned him when we were talking about maybe some sleepers at tight end. Um, one of the podcasts that we did. Uh, so, yeah, I, I have no problem with him. And I think uh, all of those guys are interesting. So I think if you feel that you're in trouble or you have George Kittle and he, he reaggravates it or he misses more time, I think all of those guys are somewhat interesting. Yeah, and I think the one point I just would make before we wrap this up was it's a long season. It's an extra long season now with 17 games. That's been the case the last two seasons. Um, blowing all of your move money uh, early on this season for the players that we've kind of talked about here doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I think you can be judicious about the way you spend your money uh, in leagues that do do uh, you know a fab-type auction process. Obviously, uh, first come, first serve, or in order of... Uh, Record. Those are different situations. But in leagues where you actually have a salary cap that you have to pay attention to, to blow all your money this week does not make any sense to me. No, I mean, look, last year, right, when um, Mostert got hurt and Elijah Mitchell had all of those carries and it was clear that he was going to be the lead guy and he was going to get the lion's shares of the carries. Yeah, hey, you know, I can understand that one, but there's no situation right now going into week two that I feel so strongly about that I got to use up even 25% of my move money on any of these players. Yeah, yeah, I just I just kind of wanted to highlight that because that's kind of how I feel too. All right, Wiz, well, that's going to wrap it up for me. I don't know if you have anything else to add, but uh, I, if not, we're going to move on and uh, – Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, again, we'll be uh, continuing to update you as the week goes on, but hopefully these uh, little tidbits are, are helpful for you. So, Wiz, I'll wish you a good night, and uh, we'll talk later in the week. You got it. Thank you. <laughs>